Welcome to the Which Way Do You Eat Your Banana series of personal and management development audio guides. To subscribe or download episodes, visit www.think.gb.com. Hello, this is Gavin. It's been a while. Um, I probably always say that. Um, the reason being is, to be honest, I've run out of things to think about to cover on podcasts because the podcasts I do, I think I've done about 25, um, are real mini training sessions. Um, so I don't just, I guess, talk about stuff. Um, I try and deliver some things, and <laughs> I kind of run out of things to talk about. So if you've got anything you desperately want me to look at, um, drop me a line, and I'll see if I can um, um, put something together. This one is um, on a course I've been asked to run quite um, often, actually, in the last six months, which is around courageous conversations. So what I wanted to do is basically just outline how to go about them. Um, there are some handouts that I use uh, with the courses I run. I tend to run this um, on a three or four hour uh, session. Uh, if you want them rather than me, just put them on the website. Uh, drop me a line at gavitthink.gb.com and I'll send you um, the handouts. If it becomes overwhelming, I'll put them on the website. Um, so we'll see how we get on. It's quite nice to get some feedback and get some uh, um, some communication with people who listen to the stuff I bang on about. So, courageous conversations. Let's jump straight into it. I guess the first thing to do is put this into context. Um, I do a lot of coaching with people, and this is one of the most frequent um, areas of concern that comes up. But when you actually ask people how often do you have to have conversations that make you a little bit nervous or test your courage, uh, they really tend to be probably a handful within a whole year. But people spend an awful lot of time in their mind worrying about something they rarely have to do. The other bit of context which is quite helpful is to realize that you're not alone um, so when I run a course, um, I ask people to have a chat um, about conversations in the past that have troubled them um, and to discuss um, what they're about, what made them difficult, uh, did you deal with it immediately, and if you did tackle it, what made you tackle it. And just the fact that people realize other people um, are just as nervous about these conversations as they are. And other people's conversations sometimes are just as weird um, as theirs are. Um, gives them a little bit more context in terms of the fact that this is just not something they suffer with. It's something most people suffer with. And I've worked with lots of people over many years. And there's probably only a handful of people I've worked with who I'd say probably, I'm not sure, they maybe they enjoy them, um, but are probably very good at them. Um, most of us um, aren't so good at dealing with courageous conversations. So don't worry, you're not alone. The general discussions from the groups tend to have several things in common. These conversations um, involved high stakes, opposing views, uh, a great deal of uncertainty about how the conversation might go, what might happen, usually some historical baggage, and there tends to be um, some strong emotions involved. And when they looked at why did they put things off, things you would predict. Didn't want to create a bad atmosphere, like a bit of harmony. Uh, wanted to avoid confrontation, worried about what could happen after the conversation. Would they get in trouble? 
Um, they thought it might make the situation worse and generally speaking just didn't want to upset someone. So the general research on Google Land suggests that when you put these conversations off, the following tends to happen. And based on my experience, I think this is probably about right. Less than 10% of these situations sort themselves out. Uh, roughly between 40 and 50% get worse, and about 50% stay the same. If you think you need to have a conversation, you probably do. One of the really big problems of not dealing with the situation is the behavior tends to repeat itself. And then having the conversation becomes harder and harder because you should have dealt with it months ago. And in the end, the behavior becomes embedded. Um, and the person doesn't really know why they shouldn't be doing what they're doing because basically you've never tackled the conversation much earlier on. So when you actually finally do have the conversation, months after you should have had the conversation, the situation is going to be a lot more difficult to deal with than if you had the conversation right up front. It actually helps relationships to have conversations earlier than later. So let's look at why I think we really put off these conversations. Um, by having a quick peek at the brain. Um, I'm not a brain scientist, but I've done a fair amount of uh, reading and research around human behavior and psychology. Generally speaking, it's pain and pleasure. Uh, the brain minimizes threat and maximizes reward. Uh, we move towards things we like and move away from things we don't want. Ice cream and poop. We move towards ice cream, we like ice cream. If somebody puts a poop on the table, we tend to move away from the poop. So having a courageous conversation is a threat. Uh, it's poop. We're going to try and avoid it and move away from it. And we tend to put the conversation off for long enough until we realize there's a greater threat by not having the conversation than by having it. And because it's a threat, your limbic brain system gets involved. Uh, psychologist Steve Peters, who wrote the book The Chimp Paradox, um, calls this the chimp. So your chimp starts jumping up and down and we go into a bit of emotional turmoil. So all you need to do is actually take the emotion out of this and make a logical decision about whether you should have this conversation or whether you shouldn't have this conversation. See, the problem with being under threat is that your, your, your thinking brain literally starts shutting down and you go into survival mode, so you literally can't think straight. So all you need to do, and this is not rocket science, is just use a decision-making grid. I've got one if you want one, um, but it's not complicated. Simply grab a piece of paper, a pen, draw a four-box grid. Uh, the first column will be costs, and the second column will be benefits. Down the left-hand side, uh, write not having this conversation, and then write having this conversation. And you just weigh up the costs and benefits of not having the conversation against having the conversation. Sit back, look at the results, and then make a decision. So, assuming you've decided to have the conversation, there are two bits to follow uh, next. Uh, the first is a bit of preparation, which I'll take through in a second, and then the final bit is actually having the conversation. So let's look at a bit of preparation beforehand. I've got a handout for this bit. If you need it, uh, drop me a line at gavatthink.gb.com. Um, before you go into a conversation which is gonna really test your courage, 
it's always a good idea to have a look at something called perceptual positions. I would have covered some aspects of this on previous podcasts, but just to recap, perceptual positions is the following. This is where you look at things from three different perspectives. There are four, but we're going to deal with three just for this. Now, you can do this by yourself, but I would strongly advise if you're having a conversation which is pretty tough, you might want to consider doing this with a close friend or colleague. Perceptual positions is a really useful way of getting a rounded view on a situation. And all you do is you look at the situation from three different perspectives. Uh, Perspective one is yours, your world, what's it like for you? Uh, Two is their world, what's it like for them? And three is somebody independent. And this is where it's useful to have somebody um, else to help you with this exercise. You can try and take the independent view yourself once you've looked at position one and position two. But it's more useful uh, to get somebody else to observe you in position one and position two and then give you some feedback from a purely independent point of view. So assuming you're doing this with someone else, uh, what you do is um, you explain the situation um, to the person uh, who's helping you and then you get yourself in position one, which is your view of the world. And you ask yourself some basic questions. Here's some examples. You can choose whichever ones you want uh, or you can get the handout which will cover these questions. Question one is what is happening? Uh, Question two is what are the reasons for you having this conversation? Three, what has contributed to the issue? And four is, what do you want? So that's position one. You then step into position two and try and see the world from the person you're going to have the conversation with and try and explain this back to your colleague or friend. So in position two, uh, what do you think is happening for them? Uh, What will they think about having this conversation? What do they think has contributed to the issue? And what do you think they want? You then pass over to your friend or colleague in position three, which is the independent position, and say, based on what I've said from my position and what I think is their position, what advice or perspective do you have on this situation? And the good thing about doing this, it just gets you outside your own head, because quite often we get stuck in our own thinking, and you can get some different ideas, different perspectives from an independent person. So when I do this live with groups, um, more often than not, you find uh, the person who's going to have a troublesome conversation. Um, Just the fact they've they've shared the perspectives with different people and got some independent advice, they've usually created new strategies or added to their existing plan or strategy. It's very simple but highly effective. Okay, so you're now going to have the conversation, and the trick is to get the first 30 to 60 seconds spot on. This is the time when your chimp or your limbic brain is going to be most active. And you want to come across in a cool, calm way. If you get the first 30 to 60 seconds absolutely spot on, your chimp or your limbic brain will begin to calm down. So the general format for this bit goes as follows. Open the conversation, describe what's happening, describe the effect it's having, and then get their perception of the situation, um, invite discussion. So let me take you through a quick example. Open the conversation. Uh, I need to have a conversation which I think will help our working relationship in the longer term. Describe what's happening. In the last week, you've been 20 minutes late twice, the previous week three times. Describe the effect this is having. This is causing the department problems in scheduling work and addition comments from senior staff are being made. And now you get their perception of the situation, invite discussion. It would be helpful for me to get your views on this situation. 
So when I run this training session, I get delegates to practice the first 30 to 60 seconds on each other and get some feedback. And the feedback is incredibly useful because quite often we're either too soft or too harsh. And the feedback can just give you some kind of middle ground that will work very well for the situation you're going into. The reality is, because we build these up in our minds so much and they become monsters sometimes, the most difficult part is just starting them. So, you know, now you have a bit of structure, a bit of guidance on how to do it, you should be okay. If you get the first 30 to 60 seconds right, everything should be fine. Once you're into the conversation, the conversation goes the way the conversation goes. It's not a bad idea to have a bit of a back outline just in case it's not quite going to plan, i.e., look, I can see this meeting isn't working very well. Can I suggest we reconvene and chat again tomorrow? This just gives you a bit of space and time to rethink your strategy. So there we are, a quick 30-minute guide on difficult or courageous conversations. If you want the handouts, drop me an email. And don't forget, you probably spend a disproportionate amount of time worrying about them compared to the actual reality of carrying them out. Until next time, take care. See you.